Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Malarkey Podcast with Jagger, Eric, and sometimes other people as well. Yeah, I'm uh, in a car again. Yeah, this is Malarkey in a car once more. Um, so, 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 uh, I've already actually prepared. I've, uh, you know how? Okay, let me let me reset. Sorry, mm-hmm. I, I was mm-hmm. stuttering a bit there. Remember how last season I had an episode where I just ranted to you about um, two graffiti artists. Yeah. And and it was more yeah. or less just me rambling to you about a story of something I'm interested in. Yes. We're doing it again. Oh, we're doing, of course we are. We're doing that again. Um, so, <laughs> you may or may not know about me, but I, I, I enjoy this this weird, obscure Belgian comic called Tintin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes. Right. Uh, and it's I, I love it. It's just a personal, like, niche enjoyment of mine that I, that I really like um, watching, or not watching, reading, kind of consuming. Mm-hmm. And the maker of it is this guy called Hergé. Okay. That's his, that's his pen name. Yeah. Erge. H-E-R-G-E. Erge. Yes. Erge. Uh, and I recently, for some reason I was looking up Tintin. I think it was because I was trying to put a poster on my wall of Tintin. And I, a recent news article, and it said, Tintin creator Erge Nazi? Question mark? Hmm. And I went, and I and I had this moment where I went, oh, no. Just, uh-oh. No, because I, I, I hate to say it, but a lot of artists in the past mm-hmm. tend to not have well for that matter a lot of uh, of creators and, and people who create things tend to have shady backstories and it's a matter of can you separate the artist from the art right mm-hmm. I mean um, Salvador Dali you know the guy who made like the drippy clock yeah. and things and stuff like that avid Nazi I mean yeah. I mean uh, the the uh, even you know movie directors movie writers Roman Polanski totally problematic the guy who made the pianist mm-hmm. right totally problematic so so I was like oh no is Erge gonna be also extremely problematic and like a Nazi so I had to read this whole thing I had to read yeah. this article to understand and so I'm, I'm gonna give you that rundown and and I I would I would actually disagree you don't think he's a Nazi I I do I disagree but we'll, we'll see where this this happens okay so he's a Belgian comic right he, he makes Belgian comics he creates tints and he basically becomes pretty successful mm-hmm. um and he and he's 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 pretty much neutral on the fence no no real um political affiliations he's very young he's very successful mm-hmm. um i'm giving you like a really long backstory but just so you get the idea and, and um but he makes friends he's writing at this catholic newspaper uh and it's this like like heavily kind of right centric uh, yeah. catholic newspaper and he makes friends with this priest and it's not a it, the priest isn't sketchy, but he was removed from his parish and like moved to like some random place. Like, okay. it's presumed something sketchy went down with this priest. But in any case, the priest is who begins to kind of indoctrinate Erge into into political ideologies and kind of pushes him a little to the right a bit. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the push. Yeah. Now the priest is relocated and and in, he goes on working at this magazine without the priest's influence and, and preferably without other influences. Right. Right. He puts out three really good books or really good um, Tintin collections. Uh, one of them is one of what I consider one of his undisputed masterpieces, The Blue Lotus. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, or not? Sorry, no, no. He puts out Cigars of the Pharaoh first. And he begins to embark on this one called the Blue Lotus. The Blue Lotus is set in China, which was a big deal at the time. It literally made international news because it was like such a big deal that because Tintin was so famous at the time that like the creator of Tintin should be focusing on 
like China. Yeah. Um, and it was like a big deal. And a lot of people reached out to Erge and they said, don't do this. Don't do, or if you do this, do, you got to do your research. Cause you got to really like, you got to make sure it's right. You got to make sure it's right. Cause if not, it could come across as disrespectful, which was a pretty good, um, kind of call to, to, um, mm-hmm. keep him accountable, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and he ends up making friends with this, uh, very young man at, um, the university of Belgium. And mm-hmm. he's a, he's a mm-hmm. Chinese um, kid who would basically come over to study here. Right. Uh, in Belgium and they, they make friends and uh, and he like teaches uh, the, the Chinese man uh, young man teaches him calligraphy and shows him how to like write the uh, the Chinese characters yeah. and, they, and they have this whole repertoire going and it's and, and that's arguably what a lot of people say pushed him back from the right over to kind of more more centric view of, of the world because mm-hmm. he was a little bit right leaning and then this um, this this friendship with this man who actually it was a friendship till the day they died um, kind of pushed him a little more centric again right so then he puts out like two more collections uh, and then and then Nazis happen, hmm. and then World War Two happens, and the Nazis invade Belgium. Ooh yeah, and Erge and his wife uh, flee to Paris along with about a hundred thousand other Belgians. That like there was like a mass exodus of Belgians just like streaming out of Belgium, mm-hmm. uh, and they stayed there for like like a, I think a month and a half. Uh, by which time that's King... about how long it takes the Nazis to take France. Well, 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 it. it it, then King Leopold of mm-hmm. Belgium goes, "Hey guys, I surrendered, so uh, it's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys can come back. There's no more fighting. You're just under occupation now." Hmm. And so, which Hergé and his wife do end up coming back, right? Right. They come back to find that the newspaper that Hergé had worked for was shut down. Mm-hmm. That can be an issue. And the house that he had lived in in Belgium had been taken over by a Nazi general. Hmm. So he has to buy a new house on loan, and all of a sudden he's he's in debt, trying to, and he has no newspaper to work right at. he has no money and he's in debt correct so he ends up working at this other magazine this other newspaper magazine type thing um and it's un- run under the supervision of nazis which is where it comes into question whether he can be counted as culpable for nazi affiliation right right because it's the idea of like is it, it i don't have you ever watched john mulaney uh very little there's a joke about it in it where like his dad says like he compares John, his dad, John Mulaney's dad compares him to the Nazis because he was just sitting on this bench while something bad happened. And it's basically that idea is it was Erge just sitting on the bench, letting these atrocities happen and just kind mm-hmm. of make, and I was like, I, I would actually like ethically. Yes. He should have you know fought the Nazis mm-hmm. as everyone should be, but he also had to make a living and also had to live in this. Yeah. In, in, that's in, also in, true. Yeah. So anyway, he starts working at this, um, newspaper company, uh, and puts out, three more collections whilst under Nazi supervision three like officially you can you can find them I have copies of them mm-hmm. like three edits of a, of, a, of a collection under Nazi supervision supervision being how, how deep does that go because notably he puts in a lot of his work um, kind of not digs but like subtle jabs at, at, at the Germans mm-hmm. like there's this one character this one bad guy in it called Mueller and Mueller is like it's actively making fun of like German stereotypes yeah so was he kind of like acting out as much as a cartoonist could at the time you know like what was he pushing for right Mm -hmm. in any case the Nazis lose spoiler alert (laughs) if you didn't know that (laughs) Uh, the Nazis lose the allies come back um, and there's a lot of you know I mean I mean the Nuremberg trials are are evident Mm -hmm. there's a lot of war tribunals and and, and these war trials basically saying collaborators with the with the Nazis should be tried and punished Mm -hmm. Uh, in the preliminary trial Erge and 10 of his other cartoonists at this magazine are barred from ever becoming cartoonists and or journalists ever again. 
So they, they can't they cannot, create. They cannot practice or create anything that they were doing at, right. at all, ever again. They're, they're so barred, he has to find something banned from the practice. Hold on. So the so he kind of goes about trying to find jobs, 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 and then man, a, man, because Tintin is like world famous at the time. Mm-hmm. So a man comes up to him and is like, "Hey, I want you to work for my magazine to make more Tintin stuff." And he's like, "Yeah, I would if I wasn't banned for life from this." Um, plus, Erge is going up for a war, a real war tribunal for being like a collaborator with the Nazis. Yeah. In the coming weeks. So you don't want to, like, break their rules or else... Oh, I mean, it could be bad. It could be mm-hmm. bad, basically. And so the guy who works in the magazine is apparently some higher-up, goes to talk with, like, the, the people at the war tribunal, and they get Erge off, basically saying that because he made these little subtle jabs and he didn't, like, actively be... He wasn't actively, like, bolstering and propagandizing the Germans. Mm-hmm. He technically was still fighting with the resistance, and they get him on. They, they totally pardon him. Right. He's fine. He's good. He's legally cleared. He can practice. And he goes on and has a illustrious career, makes like five other Tintin collections, is a world fa- – I mean, he becomes a world-famous sensation. Yeah. Get this. The other ten cartoonists and journalists, all ten, put to death. Huh. Put to death. For collaborating with the Nazis, so he would have gotten killed. Theoretically, so 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 then, but it calls into question. You know, I mean, how, was it was it too aggressive? Was it was it aggressive? I mean, was it just the idea of working at this magazine was enough? I I don't know. I I was happy to find it wasn't like a blatant like like Erge wasn't like blatantly a Nazi. Wasn't mm-hmm. like like he was he wasn't like yeah. actively he was a just, Nazi. Yeah. He was just under the occupation of the Nazis and happened to be working at a magazine supervised by the Nazis. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's. It's up in the. It's a little. It's a little more ambiguous than I was initially scared of. I was. I was initially thinking it was going to be pretty bad, like Salvador Dali bad. Yeah. Because if anyone wants to look it up, it, it Salvador Dali gets bad. Um. But I was happy to find that maybe he he, he was he was still working and pushing back a little bit. And uh, and it's a really interesting story that that all those journalists and cartoonists were put to death when RJ went on to enjoy one of the best careers of you know cartoonists yeah, he, in the century. He got out. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. I thought that was super interesting. I thought I'd share it with you. I thought I'd share it with the listeners. And uh, and if you want any more of Jagger rants about things he enjoys, uh, please consider listening to more episodes of, of the Milwaukee Podcast. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts. Breaker. Spotify. Stitcher. Radiocast. Copy RSS. Radio Public. Or wherever else podcasts are broadcasted. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time.